Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Oof. Does the Daily Mail want an ice pick for that burn? Let's just have a little listen to what the RMT leader Mick Lynch said after the right-wing rag called him the Grinch. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, so basically, the Daily Mail have smeared uh, Mick Lynch, as of others, as the Grinch. Basically, that's because rail workers who've been treated very badly for a long time, many of whom have always been badly paid, have been forced to go out on strike because they've been repeatedly shafted on wages, jobs, terms, conditions, you name it, because the government have actually intervened to crush any potential deal. Now, there was a series of strikes that were going to happen uh, the other week. I was affected by them, like lots of people were. Um, And they were called off uh, at the last minute because the RMT sensed perhaps a breakthrough in the negotiations. But clearly, after trying in good faith those negotiations, they haven't gone anywhere. And that's because the government clearly are trying to stop the RMT from succeeding in their strike because they're trying to teach other unions a lesson. That is, don't try and go on strike and fight for better wages because you'll never win. Now, no one wants to go on strike, but this lot, they don't have a choice. So we need to back them all the way. But let's just have a little chat about Mick Lynch's tasty little aside about the Daily Mail. But it's history and it's present, because I think this is important. Now, back in the 1930s, Lord Rothermere was the proprietor of the Daily Mail and a big old fan of Hitler and the Nazis, to say the least. They spent a lot of time together, Rothermere and Hitler. Oh, cute. They were pen pals. They met several times. They, you know, I mean, Rothermere went to Germany, personally interviewed Hitler. When the Nazis had their first electoral breakthrough back in 1930, Lord Rothermere wrote in the Daily Mail that they represent the birth of Germany as a nation and uh, expressed his hope that Hitler would assume power. Certainly got his wish there, didn't he? Uh, Went on about the Nazis being manly. Denounced the so-called Jewish race for showing conspicuous political unwisdom and denouncing them for wielding sinister political influence, the classic anti-Semitic tropes. Wrote editorials lauding the black shirts, praising them for sound common sense conservative doctrine. In the 1930s, with Nazi persecution of the Jews escalating, the Daily Mail published bile like German Jews pouring into this country. Now you might think, ah, let bygones be bygones, eh? We move on. History and all that. It's a long time ago. Well, you see, the problem is the Daily Mail has continued its role as a massive sewer. Uh, The smell of its filth, which it pumps on a daily basis into British society, can be pretty overpowering. This is the newspaper which, just before the 2012 Olympics, declared that the British team had 61 plastic Brits because they were born overseas. This is the newspaper which in 2014 portrayed migrants as rats pouring across the EU's border in a cartoon alongside overtly racist caricatures of Muslims. It is the newspaper which hailed um, the surge for the far-right candidate 
Marine Le Pen in the 2017 French presidential elections as the new French revolution. It publishes front pages like migrants, how many more can we take? And one million more migrants are on their way to make people feel terrified about those born in other countries. They splashed on migrants as the swarm in our streets. They've used blood-curdling rhetoric to radicalise and polarise the country after Brexit, infamously, of course, denouncing judges enforcing parliamentary oversight of the withdrawal process as enemies of the people and demanding, when Theresa May called a general election, that the Tories crush the saboteurs, essentially just trying to make those who seem to dissent from the political status quo as a dangerous fifth column. Pretty dangerous rhetoric, given the radicalisation of the far right in this country. Who's radicalising them? Who are the hate preachers radicalising them, I ask you? Now, I come back to this, often goes, well, the Daily Mail, did they not do crusading journalism in the case of Stephen Lawrence, fearlessly demanding justice? And you could say a lot of kudos should go to the Daily Mail. It seems odd, perhaps, that they did take an unapologetically anti-racist stance, given a lot of the other stuff they published. Interesting the truth, Paul Dacre, the then editor, personally knew Neville Lawrence, the father, of course, of Stephen Lawrence, um, because, as he describes him, he was a very good plasterer who did a lot of plastering work for him. He was clearly a very decent, hard-working man, says Paul Dacre. Would the male have done it without that knowledge? Probably not. They were actually, the family, not happy with the male's initial coverage, but they had an in because of Neville Lawrence's relationship um, as a plasterer uh, with Paul Dacre worth pointing out. Now, I do think this is interesting to interrogate because what the Daily Mail do, of course, is function as quite an effective means to redirect people's anger away from the powerful, those at the top of society, to those who don't have power. <laughs> so that's why we're constantly meant to, to fear migrants and refugees and Muslims and trans people, all the other targets that the British media go after. And this is important in the context of an industrial struggle. I'll explain why. Because what the unions try to get us to do is to understand that workers have a shared common interest. And that is a, com a common shared interest that they should have better wages, better pensions, better terms and conditions. That not just in the workplace, they should have better rights, terms and conditions, but in the political arena as well. They should, you know, in, the, in, in society as a whole, they should have good public services because they can't pay their way into private services, you know, like education, a good comprehensive education, good national health service, public services like transport for that matter, um, which they rely on. And they're on a collision course, those interested working people with bosses, because they want to make money. That's what they're interested in. They want to pay dividends to shareholders. So what unions try to get us to do is reframe our anger at legitimate targets, those with power, that we should organise in order, because you can't, as an individual, expect to just improve your lot in life by individually asking your boss, could I have a pay rise? Could I be treated better at work? But if you use collective power, that is people who are in the same boat as you, who want the same things and will benefit from the same things, you come together and you use your pooled strength, the strength you have together as a team, in order to win concessions that you will all benefit from collectively. So it's, it, it helps people to understand, of course, who the real enemy are. What the Daily Mail tried to do is very different because they want people not to be angry with their bosses for treating them badly, but to make them think that they're 
genuine, real grievances in life are caused by the powerless. And that's what the Daily Mail's always functioned to do. And of course, fascism itself, back in the 1930s, was a means to crush the labour movement, the bosses in Germany, the industrialists, the landowners, back to the Nazis to crush the left and the labour movement, who they saw as a threat, obviously, to their profit and their position. So that's why it's interesting, because actually the Daily Mail have always tried to get people to be angry with the wrong people. And the likes of Mick Lynch want us to be angry with the right people, not for the hell of it, not to get something out of our system, but because only by understanding that workers' uh, interests are different and on a collision course with the bosses can their lives be improved. And that's why Mick Lynch was right to stick it to the Daily Mail. Please like, subscribe, put us on patreon.com forward slash See you soon. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.